The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. No song this week, just disappointment. Mm. That's all we've got. Mm. 42 to 10 was the final score on Sunday night football. The Dallas Cowboys fall. 42 to 10, I'll say it again, Mm-mm. to the San Francisco 49ers. Don't say it again. Largest loss of the Mike, Mike McCarthy era, not only in terms of point differential, 32, but I don't remember a game that I was more excited about in the regular season yeah. as a measuring stick for this football team and one that ended in such disappointment. But we're going to talk about it here over the next 45 minutes. Glad you're with us here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. We needed that Black Rifle this morning. Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris. Nick, when did you guys land last night? We landed at about 3.48 a.m. And uh, back... (laughs) There's, there it is again. Same cadence. <laughs> and uh, I think I rolled back into my crib right at about 419. Mm. So, yeah. When did Four nights you... Hmm? Four nights sleep. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. No yeah. kidding. Four mornings. <laughs> did did you get a, a, a lick of sleep on the plane, or were you just... No, I can't sleep on... If I'm nah. moving, I cannot sleep. But, like, if I'm if I'm still, I can sleep on this uh, podcast table. Like, I, as long as I'm still, I can sleep. But if I'm moving, it's not going to happen. So, mm. yeah, I kicked back and watched, uh, watched Scream 6. It was probably one of the worst <laughs> movies I've ever seen in my life. And it just kind of it wrapped up the night perfectly, honestly. Sweet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a good one. It, it at least exceeded my expectations. <laughs> oh, <laughs> jab, mm-hmm. jab. Let's talk about that. I mean, the expectations were certainly there. <clears throat> a loss in this game, three and two. We're, we're talking about this in a much different light. I think if it ended in a competitive loss, and there's no moral victories in football. We've talked about that before, and uh, I mean, there is a moral victory in not getting embarrassed, and and that's what happened on. Primetime television with the entire nation watching. San Francisco won in all three phases, and they just got the job done from the jump, where Isaiah, the Dallas Cowboys, did not. No, you didn't. Uh, we sat here last week, and we talked about everything under the sun. Um, one of the things that we talked about was the last two times these teams face each other and how Dallas, keep it 100, Dallas got punched in the mouth. Yeah. Physically handled. And everybody wanted to turn their attention towards the scores. As if the scores were the the, the ultimate, uh, you know, dictator of of the result on the field. You know, in terms of like the physicality, and it, it's, it's not always about that, right? We say, you know, I'm always talking about the stat line, and it's not, you know, sometimes it tells a story, sometimes it doesn't. A lot of times, it just adds adds a little color to what's going on. But the stat line tells one heck of a story from last night. The physicality tells one heck of a story from last night, and. You didn't right your wrongs. The areas that you struggled in previously, you struggled in again. And that is the more unfortunate aspect, even more so of the loss. It wasn't that you – you can handle losing to a really good opponent. But when you've lost to this same opponent three times and you haven't corrected the things that you've struggled with, that's when you have a problem. 
Yeah, and it feels like you're going backwards, yeah. too, in, yeah. a, in a big way. It felt like four steps back yesterday, like not even two, and I don't see any step forward afterward. I mean, the run game was pitiful. I think Tony Pollard had his worst game as a Dallas Cowboy. Um, Dak Prescott, you could arguably say, had his one of his worst games as a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, and we've talked about this offense, and, and I think I had, I had specifically come out after the Arizona game, and I was worried because I don't feel like this offense is built to come from behind. No. And, man, did we see that yesterday. And, it's it's forcing things. It's it's trying to uh, make that quick game the entire game. And when you're down two scores and you're trying to get get ahead with that methodical short movement, it's not going to work. And it's going to eventually force you to force things. And that's what we saw. And then by the end of it, uh, the bend turned into instead of a break, just like an absolute incineration. Mm. I mean, it was just interception, tip ball, another interception. Oh, okay, it, and it didn't get a first down on this drive. Well, that's happened before. So I. It, I, man, I was I was disappointed. I, my expectations, not only for you know what this team could be, but just the season overall, coming out of yesterday, much different than they were going into it. Much I, different. I was really disappointed, and Kyle heard me the whole entire game. Um, <laughs> it's true. I, I guess I get frustrated start, because start to end. <laughs> yeah, because I watch I watch a ton of film, right? And you know we have a segment here during the week that we you know, I try to bring. A little bit of expectations, right? A little bit more insight so people understand what to look for, um, what not to do against an opponent. And there wasn't any surprises. You know, like when you watch film and you have the analytics and you have everything that you need, and it's like you go into a game, you're like, okay, guess what? Maybe, just maybe, you know, I expect them. What did I say last week? I said in the first half, you can expect to see some things you haven't seen, yep. but eventually they're going to settle into Get who, right they, back are, to who right? they are. Yep. Just because of the Trey Lance thing and you faced them through two times already, like they might throw some curveballs out there. There were no curveballs. Not, 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 I mean, offensively, yes, they, they had some curveballs. They always are going to because their offense is that. Is just that good, right? Everything that they do offensively looks exactly the same, and that's kudos to their to their outfit out there. Defensively, my disappointment level from Dallas's offense against San Francisco 49ers defense was at an all time high. It was at an all time high because these were the most simplistic defensive looks that you can ever hope for in a professional football game. Cover one, cover two. Sometimes they took a robber on the backside safety and, and double team CD. Mm-hmm. You expected that. Right, everything that we talked about on through the film sessions and on here and everything else that we've said was going to be open, was there, but yet you still are forcing things. And we said we also said on here that you can't keep this style of offense versus their style of defense and expect to be successful. No, you're going to have to take shots. You can't run West Coast offense quick game route concepts versus press man versus road cover two. And yet we saw there, especially in the second half, how the ball just kept going where it should not. And that's where my frustration uh, lies because that was a version of Dak that we saw last year. That was the Dak we saw last year when you're forcing things into coverages that you're not supposed to throw into, right? I'm sitting there watching the game, giving coverage calls from the TV cut, right? And I'm like, can't go there. Oh, went there. And just to back up Isaiah's point here, it was pre-snap, Isaiah would say the look, he would look at the coverage, the throw would be made, and as soon as the throw was leaving his hand, he, I could hear Isaiah just saying, nope, 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 pick. Nope, 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 nope. pass breakup. I mean, that that's what it ends up being. And so 
when you're looking at it from that standpoint, and it's simplistic enough from a read quarterback-wise, former quarterback, in the TV copy, imagine what it looks like on the field. Yeah, it's different. Absolutely. No doubt it's Absolutely. different. There's it's a different. bird's eye view versus yeah. field field level view. Absolutely. But if you're still able to see it like that, then why is QB one unable to do so? I don't. I don't know. I can't speak to that, Kyle. And I don't. I don't want this to turn into a, a, a Dak dragon. And it's not all. Yeah, Dak's it's not. Fault. It's not all let's Dak's fault. Because that be, let's call it one hundred. And I mean, the, the things that I feel like I say <clears throat> on here, on any other platform. I, I, I wholeheartedly feel like I can stand behind. I can see. I see Coach McCarthy every week. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see him. I shake his hand. I say what's up to him. Like I, he did not call a good game. He yeah. didn't. He did not call his best game. He admitted that too. Yeah, I, I believe I, he did not call a good game. This they did not change what they had been doing. And unfortunately, West Coast offense is not complex enough to run the same things. With the same looks, you have to mix things up. You have to mix up personnel groupings. You have to mix up motions. You have to mix up formations. You can run the same offense, but it has to look different. And it didn't look different. There weren't enough wrinkles where these guys were soft that was in the middle of the field, underneath. And you saw that on the drive that, that Dallas was successful. Where was the ball going? Dump down. Yeah. Little hitch under middle, under middle, right? Taking what the defense gives. Taking what the defense gives. This was a bend, but don't break defense when they're playing too high safety. When they're playing one high safety, take your shots. Mm-hmm. The times where Dallas took their shots, the balls were bad, timing was off, protection, something was always wrong, right? And that's been the story this year when they've tried to push the ball down the field. But I just felt like there were plenty of opportunities, especially when the when the game started to get out of hand, to work your way back into it if you understood what the coverages were. And I honestly think as bad as the stat line shows a running game, I don't think the running game was that bad. Matter of fact, I felt like the running game was actually relatively good early on in the game when you were actually giving it to your running backs. Like, they were moving the ball, but then they got out of it. I mean, they had like two yards on the first four drives. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you, yeah. right? So the stat, line, the stat line shows one thing, but as you watch the they game— They also had two carries on the first under, four drives. Exactly. And one of them was a fumble, like in the, it was deep in the red zone. Like I'm just, but I think that's that's part of it. Is but that they went security. away. Yeah, they yeah. went that's, away from it after the fumble, saying, "Oh, oh, yeah. we can't give the ball up." That's a like ball that. security thing. That has nothing to do with the yardage. It's it's still part of the run game. Absolutely, it's, it's part, part of the run. Game. But guess what? You have to you you have to trust your guys that they're, they're not going to do that again or put another back in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But like you can't. If that was a, a positive play before the punch out, it was a positive play. Right, the probably punt, had like seven yards. Yeah. That's a positive play. It was the most positive at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I'm taking like three, four yards on the ground against against San Fran. I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it all day long. Yeah. Everybody's looking for the big splash plays. We would love to see the big splash plays. Tony Pollard, big splash plays. I mean, Pollard had 3.6 <clears throat> yards per carry at the end of the night. Yeah. And it wasn't like he did anything down the stretch either. That really was it. Like eight carries page. for 29. Yeah, eight for 29. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I come at wasn't it from good. the standpoint where you have to keep them even. Yeah. You can't. You don't have an offense that you can just sit back and throw the ball. We've talked about this. I've talked about this extensively since I've touched down here, yeah. Kyle, that Dak's not a, st- a just sit back and throw the ball quarterback. That's just not his thing. That's not to say that he can't do it. It's mm-hmm. not his thing. He is best when he has a running game. And you have to run the ball in order to have him be effective as, as effective as you want him to be. And you just didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> we talked about it after the Jets game how um, the time of the pos- time of possession allowed oh. that defense to really settle in and have such a good effort. You could say the same about the Giants game as well. Uh, I looked up with 12 minutes to go in the second quarter, and by this this point, I believe it was already 14 nothing. And the Niners had had the ball 12 and a half minutes out of the first 16 and a half minutes, and. Uh, 
look, I, I understand the defense gave up 42 points yesterday. I understand that even in, in the second half, there were no adjustments made, and they were just uh, – Brock Purdy looked like Tom Brady for a minute. <laughs> uh, he was he was dicing up their zone coverages. Uh, it, it, it felt like a third and 14 was a third and two. But at, I, I have to give a lot of this um, criticism towards the offense yesterday. Uh, I, the, the defense tried to hold their own in the first half. Uh, they forced a turnover after Tony Pollard's fumble, Jordan mm-hmm. Lewis rips. Christian McCaffrey amazing play you know you kind of feel like that's going to turn the tides and then another three out and uh, defense makes a stop to to keep it uh, I believe it was um 14-7 14-7 offense can't do it offense can't make anything happen out of it uh, they can't cut it to even 14-10 and then San Fran goes down and scores before the half 21-7 and then the offense okay another opportunity here we can we can dive back into the game coming out of the break three points and then another touchdown and then that's where they just broke I just when the defense is on the field for that long um, and then the injuries start sacking on top of yep. that that's mm-hmm. that's when it becomes really difficult and I, I this 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 offense I feel like the loss is really built around that it starts there but the defense definitely has some responsibility don't get me wrong but the, the offense that's where the loss starts for me yeah I think the defense had chances to, to switch the game and set the tone I mean the first one was the opening drive the mm-hmm. fact that they had a chance and we talked about the coin toss last week what would you rather do I would rather have my highly vaulted defense out on the field first have a chance to get the ball back and instead they just let up a long lengthy methodical drive left a wide open George Kittle for a touchdown and it opened the game in a way of uh uh-oh here we go here's San Francisco again one of the best offenses in football right now working like one of the best offenses against our defense that's supposed to be one of the best in football and then you had the chance to turn the tide in the middle of the second quarter you went down you finally got points on the board a big time drive from Dak Prescott uh the the play calling was good they took what the defense gave them they were able to work down the field Kevontae Turpin then takes the top off goes over the top of the defense a great ball from Dak Prescott hits Turpin for six boom 14-7 you feel pretty good at that point feel pretty good if your defense gets back out there with decent field position it was from the 25 you got a chance there but then you had the third down and four, the two penalties, the unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, that sucked. And the uh, the taunting penalty over the top from from Curse. J. Ron Curse. The the Curse one I don't have as much problem with because I lo- went back and looked at it. He was taunting, and yeah. it's pretty clear and concise. That's a bad play from J. Ron Curse. I don't like the call on Donovan Wilson on the fact that they called it on J. Ron Curse too, but it was Donovan Wilson on the unsportsmanlike conduct. I thought it was a clean hit. Great hit. TV copy, thought it was a clean hit. Mm -hmm. All 22, went back and looked at it, thought it was a clean hit as well. I I didn't like that call, but then Curse over the top would have ruined it regardless. Either way, offense for San Francisco stays on the field. You drive down the field, you score 21-7 and just deflation. Mm -hmm. And nothing they never, they never responded. That. Yeah, there was no punching back. You had a there. chance even after the third and four penalty and the drive was kept alive to say, all right, let's let's bow up here again and get a stop. And you didn't do that. So as much as I agree with Nick, I think it does start with the offense. And I've got more stats on the wide receivers coming up in the second segment. I do think the defense was very much so at fault on the fact that they had chances I'm with you. to take this game back, and they never did. Nine drives yesterday uh, ended without a first down. Nine offensive drives, uh, five three and outs, and four turnovers. Ooh. Six six of the first seven in the first half, right? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so eight first downs total. 
San Francisco had eight when I looked up like four minutes into the game. San Francisco <laughs> had 25 on the night. <laughs> Dallas had an average of two first downs per quarter. Yeah, man. An average of two first downs per quarter. Um, that tells the story. Yeah, it does. It was. It just wasn't good, man. No. It just wasn't good. 197 total yards. Total. Total. It's the third three-interception game by Dak Prescott. There, there were bad interceptions, though. Yeah. The, it, the tip ball happens, but we've talked about that before. But but he threw it into a bad coverage. Thank you and it much. would be yeah. different if the whole uh, rhetoric around this offense was over the offseason was about not having those tip balls happen. You know, yeah. It'd be different if it, was, if it was like a one-off that we didn't see six times last year, however many times There, it there was. were three bad interceptions. Sometimes it was interceptions. Yeah, it was all like, three oh, that was a good bad. All three of them were, they were terrible. Were like, terrible. All, all three of them were poor decisions, too. It's not like there was even that's, one. That's like, I'm even from. the downfield ball, it was double coverage. It was chucked up. He chucked it up there. Forcing. Chucked it up there. Hope It was a hope. Yeah. Yeah, we have a good sample size on this offense. I feel like we're five games in. Yeah, um, I, I don't think there's any excusing or sugarcoating at this point. Like this is what the product is, and it's w- w- apparently what it's going to be uh, this offense. And that's what's scary. And uh, yeah, Texas Coast not not looking great. It, South Padre is like the one beach I like kind of appreciate in Texas, and that's Port I feel, I feel okay. like that was that Turpin drive yesterday. It was like, oh, there's South Padre, and then you get up to Corpus, and you're like, okay, there's not a lot here, and then Galveston, you're like, oh my god, please, and then that's where the three picks happen, and then you get to Beaumont, and you're like, oh my god, for everybody that get is me to New Orleans, listening to this show. <laughs> In the 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 coast on the Gulf Coast of Texas, we 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 apologize. For hey, I love trays. the state of Texas. It's it's my home. I love this place, but we have some of the worst beaches on the <laughs> planet. It's horrible. It's the one thing we don't have. I can tell you that. More like Texas toast. All right. Mm. Uh, when we come back, let's let's dive into this offense. Offensive line back and healthy. It, it didn't look the way that you anticipated it either. Dak Prescott had pressure on him all day long. What went wrong up front? And why are the wide receivers struggling to gather separation? Let's talk about that right after this with more Talking Cowboys following the 42-10 loss to San Francisco right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you 
Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time. But what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This portion of the show is also brought to you by Quaker Oats, a mm. super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Had mine. Did you? Yep, needed them today, Kyle. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Absolutely. By the way, if you're like me and your sports team lets you down, <laughs> um, I like to be with like-minded people. Mm. I like to, to tune in to shows like this one, by the way. Okay. And I like to, to just get my air out the dirty laundry, right? Okay. Air it out. Mm-hmm. 817-290-3298 is our text line. We're not going to take any calls today. That's for tomorrow. Trust me. We those, will take plenty of calls tomorrow. Get but those thumbs working. Yeah. Get the text messages. We'll answer some texts here in a minute. 817-290-3298. And just give us your thoughts on the game. What was what was the most disappointing side of it? What surprised you the most? And, and where, do, where do we go from here? Speaking on where do we go from here, the Cowboys had not had their starting offensive line, their best five. <laughs> Forgot about this. For 630 <laughs> days. 630 days. The last time the Cowboys had their best five available and starting in a football game was the wild card round against San Francisco in 2021. Well, they had all five up there. Tyron Smith at left tackle. Tyler Smith at left guard. Tyler Biotis at center, even though he was banged up. He re-entered into the game. Uh, then you go from there into uh, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele. Nick, when you looked at the offensive line yesterday, I mean, it wasn't perfect up front either. I mean, what went wrong for them, or was it just San Francisco's too good of a front seven? I, I will say, as a, as a prologue here, I, I typically go back and watch um, – trench work a little bit more in, in my in my second watch and i haven't had the opportunity to do my second watch yet but on, on initial um initial watch seeing it with my own eyes it didn't look pretty uh, we can start on the offensive side of the ball uh nick bosa getting home quite a bit um internal pressure getting generated quite a bit um I feel like Tyron Smith held his own for the most part, and the, before the offense just completely broke apart. I mean, even Zach Martin had some opportun- uh, opportunities where um, his guy got into the backfield. I mean, it was just it was bad up front, and I I, I think that's kind of where things started um, with uh, having to fall back onto the short game and making everything quick because it made this offense one dimensional. It only gave them one option moving forward. Uh, that defensive line was doing exactly what it has been doing since it's been constructed, and that's get to the quarterback quick, get into the backfield quick, um, and make things difficult for any sort of action uh, in the backfield. So uh, when that happens, that allows that secondary to be so much more aggressive. You talked about it last week, Isaiah, and uh, that's what it, that's exactly what happened. And um, whenever you 
you you force things two seconds off the snap uh, against an aggressive secondary you see what happens uh three turn or three interceptions one fumble uh, obviously the fumble caused by fred warner and man fred warner gosh a game of his life and he's had a lot of really good games <laughs> he was awesome um getting into the backfield affecting the pass game uh the forced fumble i it was he was all over the place really really good player that they have in the second level there i honestly last week i didn't factor him in enough um i i didn't factor him in as much as i should have um but uh clearly the cowboys didn't either <laughs> I got one question from the 308, and I'll throw this to you, Nick. Has Terrence still taken a step back, or has he not just been as good as he was last year at this point? Yeah, I need to see a little bit more from T. Steele. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm with you there, probably 308. Uh, I, granted, you're going against Nick Bosa, so, I mean, the challenge is stiff. But you Defensive were just paid. player of the year. I mean, were, yeah, but you were just paid, you know, and yeah. and, and um, it's, it's a long term investment. When you're a long term investment as a tackle, you got to be able to stop those guys. Um, you're not expected to stop those guys every single time. Yeah, he's going to get home. Yeah, he's going to get a sack. He's going to get his. But uh, Nick Bosa was really um, he was really disruptive last night. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the offensive line? Well, um, like Nick, I have to go back and watch a little bit more. However, uh, from what I saw, just my eyes and again I don't want to put too much weight on this I don't feel like Tyler Smith um was his was his greatest um T still I think he was getting his shoulders turned too far to the sideline and I think that's why Bosa had a short edge a lot of times um I could be able to give a little bit more detail obviously I have to take a little bit deeper dive but you know holistically I think they again they they just lost that battle in the trenches and you can't lose the battle in the trenches against the 49ers you just you just can't. Those guys are just too good on that front line. And once you once those guys consume your offensive linemen, you can't run the ball. And if you can't stop their defensive ends, then you're, you're going to have one heck of a long day. And that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I mean, this was a, a setup that we thought going into it that was going to allow Dak Prescott to have more time to throw. That yeah. there was going to be more time for Dak to drop back. And possibly force it downfield, or not force it downfield. You didn't want them to do that. That's what ended up happening. But it it looked like they were going to at least have something downfield for Dak Prescott. Instead, it was quite the opposite. And I've got some stats here, as long as I can find it. I think I actually went away from it. I'll go back to it. So it was separation. This is via Next Gen Stats. Separation from the wide receivers yesterday on. 26 targets for both Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup had an average separation of 1.9 yards. They had 26 targets between the two of them? Not targets, routes. Oh, routes. okay. Did okay. I say targets? Yeah, you did. I, you meant, did. I meant to I say like, routes. When did that Out happen? of 26, <laughs> okay. 26 routes for Michael Gallup and 26 routes for CeeDee Lamb, Gallup had 1.9 yards on average separation. 1.9, under two. CeeDee Lamb had 2.6, which was the best out of the wide receiver group. Brandon Cooks was the worst out of the three, 1.3 yards of separation. You want to know where all three of those guys would have ranked on the pass catchers list for the San Francisco 49ers yesterday? Would have ranked one, two, three, four, five, seventh and eighth out of the wide receivers in the pass catchers. Kyle Juszczyk had 4.3, so he had even more. Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle had more. Of course, Brandon IU, Debo Samuel, even Jawan Jennings had 5.8 yards per separation. Yeah, George Kittle probably separation. broke a world record in that department last uh, night. Only 2.8. Oh, really? Okay. But still, I mean. <laughs> for I mean, a tight end, that's solid. Nine, yeah, for a tight yeah. end, it's really good. The I will give credit where credit is due. Jake Ferguson had 4.7. 
So if there was a pass catcher you could yeah. rely on, it was Jake Ferguson. But my, my question now turns to why aren't these wide receivers getting open and where can you fix that the quickest? Because the routes are simplified. I, everything here is so simple. And it, we heard it over the offseason in a positive connotation, but I think it's starting to take a negative one. Mm. Um, it, it, everything's quick. Everything's right across the middle. Um, I'll say it, I was going through next-gen stats last week, right? And it has the really good five-column look on where the targets have been for Dak Prescott mm. through, through the first four games. He's only had, I believe it was four attempts right down the middle of the field. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this West Coast style offense where, you know, you got a lot of routes coming across each other. Why are you not hitting guys in stride? And it's waiting till everything is past developed and you're hitting guys more on the boundary. It doesn't give them opportunity to do anything out of it. Hmm. And that was overcomplicated yesterday. Am I looking at it wrong there? I know. I think you're looking at it right, which is why Isaiah is just kind of quiet over here. Is it, is it, does it just come down to timing then? Is it just timing? Is that all that's off? It's not. No, that's not all that's off. It's what guys have been subjected to running in terms of the route concepts. And to your point, the routes are more simplified, and that's okay as long as you mix up the the alignment of the receivers, as long as you mix up the concepts. Like, the route route tree is the route tree, right? There's some that are more complex than others, but for the majority of the, I mean, there's probably, you know, 16 to 20 routes in the entire route tree, right? They've it's expanded since the origination of football. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, they're just not being utilized properly. You know, was it film room last week or mm-hmm. was it film? One of those, one of those shows. It was either film room or special, special edition. edition. Yeah. Um, it was, it was film room. We talked about the opportunities that were there against the 49ers defense and how you could take advantage of them. Drive concepts, shallows. Um, I think there's one time where I think there was a whip route that was ran that was actually completed yesterday. Those are man beaters. Um, Rub routes, those concepts. You you weren't seeing it. Um, You like to push the ball down the field if you're facing man-to-man coverage. You know, there's rollaways, there's comebacks, there's double moves. There's a whole lot of things that you can get to, but then again, the protection aspect comes into it. But one thing this this offense has not done successfully that they have done successfully over recent years is push the ball down the field. Yeah, and that comes because of the standpoint of you're running the West Coast. But that comes right back to what I said last week: does the West Coast is not going to work against the 49ers? Like I, I I knew that much, right? I knew that much. I was you're talking to somebody who ran the West Coast, like. West Coast versus press man and cover two, it's not it's not the jam unless you're running it out of bunch formation, right? And you're running different spacing concepts and things of that nature. So didn't happen. Didn't happen. You try to run your traditional offense and you got your traditional butt kicked. I, I would <laughs> I would challenge anyone to go back on the film last night and try to find at least ten routes run. At least ten you, you can you can choose whoever. We can we can combine them. Slant yeah. out yeah. Slant. shallow. There was a hitch. Corner. There was a hitch once. Route. I got five. There was a hitch across the middle to Pollard oh. for a first down. I believe it was the first first down. And that was that was like, oh, that was cool. It was, across it, the middle. It was frustrating because the the Naden Naden Kyle were probably so sick of me. I was literally like, true. like saying like what concepts 
work versus what coverage is. Don't throw it at slant against cover two. Yeah, don't throw a slant do against that. cover two. Right. I started talking about the dagger concept, and when mm-hmm. you're in a three-by-one versus cover two, like this is how you find the hole in the cover two once Dallas got behind. Yeah. I was like, this is these are the gaps in the defenses. This is what you're going to see, right? So you get out there, pre-snap read. This is our alignment. Okay, boom. All right, it looks good. Looks like looks like two. Looks like we're going to get it. This is the route that works, and you don't get to it. Flip the script. Go to the other side. Brock Purdy sitting back with all the time in the world. <laughs> What route concepts did we see, Kyle? We ran cover two. Yep. The same exact concepts that I was saying would work against against them. I was just about to say that. Was yep. working against Dallas. You know, and it's, it's the game's not it's not a complicated at least against the 49ers, their scheme, it wasn't complicated. Steve Wilkes, as good as a defensive coordinator he is, they they did not get in their bag yesterday. They and, don't have to be. They don't have to. They play very simplistic things. They just run it really well. And I think there were opportunities that Dallas just didn't take take advantage of yesterday, and it's, and it's really unfortunate. And I know, I know Coach McCarthy's super competitive. I know he's probably harder on himself than anybody. I know he's going to get this thing corrected, and he has a wealth of knowledge, and they can open up the playbook. They just didn't do it last night. It it, it was frustrating in a number of occasions, uh, offensively, and, and maybe it's the play calling, maybe it's the scheme, maybe it's the confidence level in, in a lot of things. But right now, we I wish we could answer all of these questions on the text line, by the way. And I like to, and I don't want to just – so I know we've talked about Dak. We've talked about – I mean, so the offensive line, like everybody has a part in this. Yes. Right? I just want to make that very clear. When you lose, everybody has to look in the mirror. Oh, um, no doubt. And like some of the things that happened yesterday, like people see the punch out from, from on Warner, mm-hmm. right, on Tony Pollard and say, man, come on, Tony Pollard. Well, in reality, when you go back and look at the play and you break it down, you can go slow motion – well, Warner actually had somebody who was actually assigned to him, mm-hmm. and that person got to him unimpeded. That was Tyler Biotis. Biotis worked all the way up to Fred Warner, grabbed him, and then got thrown out the club. Literally thrown out the club by a 240-pound linebacker, just threw him on his butt like he was like tissue paper. And then went out, proceeded to continue working his butt off, and goes and punches the ball out. So somebody makes a play. When they were actually had somebody assigned to them, that person got to them, that person didn't execute their assignment. Because that that took place, all of a sudden it's a turnover. Yeah. Right? So when I say like holistically, you have to be able to pull back and look at the entire picture. Yeah. You can't just look at what was the end result of the play. Like everybody plays a part in this. And that was a complete collapse last night from the execution on the field to the play calling in the booth. And that goes on both sides. Yes. You you talk about looking in the mirror. I, I think I my mind jumps to three guys. Um, Mike McCarthy and Dak are the first two. I feel like they go w- with each other uh, for reasons we've talked about on the show already. Mike McCarthy, I, I, they've got to complicate the play calling a little bit more. Uh, they, they need a little bit more multiplicity in this offense. Uh, there's got to be some juice added because I, I can't honestly look at one thing that I've seen offensively so far this season and say, yeah, that's juice. That's, that's something you can build upon. I really haven't. I really haven't. Third guy is J. Ron Kirst defensively. Uh, he's yeah. he's had a rough year so far. Yeah, rough year. Um, yeah, it, that's that's definitely part of it. But but man, um, yeah, he he's had a rough part. And honorable mention C. D. Lamb, in in a season where he's trying to vie for a top contract extension and to be paid as a top receiver in the NFL, uh, when you're at a twenty-one-seven type game in the third quarter, you got to show up. You know, you got to be able to get open and and you know make it easy for your quarterback. And I don't I don't feel like he did that last night. We you, we've talked about body language on the show. It was at an all time work uh, all time low last night. Um, and the post game availability, he was still pretty frustrated. And and and, and I I, I hear that 
and I saw that, right? But yeah. like, it's not all on him. It's I not do all know yeah, that. I mean, st- this this route tree is, is not what it's been, right? It's not it's not what it's been in the in in Kellen Moore's system. Ceedee Lamb's going to have a lot more plays. That's coming what it was way. built on. That's what was, it was predicated yeah. on. This offense is not. And to your point, yes, they have to open up the playbook and find a way to get your playmakers the ball. C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cook should be getting the ball, yeah. not freaking Schoonmaker. <laughs> I'm sorry, no disrespect. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm just, I'm just that being real. In studio on third down and long. Yeah. Why are we throwing a seam up the right hash mark to yeah. Luke Schoonmaker? You know what I'm saying? Like, no disrespect, but like, come on, man. Like, you have some highly yeah. touted receivers. Use them. And there's so many ways that you can use them, but you just are not, you haven't, at least to date, haven't got creative enough with your formations, with your motions and your shifts to put these guys in matchup advantages. Third and six in the third quarter, still in a game that you could win and you run the ball against press man, right? Oh, coming out of the Jesus. gate. Yeah, that's I mean, I mean, there's there's just so many plays you can go back and you can circle and say, why? I, I, I mean, that's it. That's just why. All right, let's take our second break. When we come back, we're going to try and answer as many questions as we can because I just counted them up. We have 41 text Woo, messages thank y'all, since people. the show started. Let's rapid so, fire. Like yeah, it. we might rapid fire this thing. You could still throw in your questions. 817-290-3298. More Talking Cowboys right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com. Black.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys, and also brought to you by the Dallas Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan. We could always use a little Captain Morgan this morning. <laughs> Put it in the Black Rifle Coffee, make it work. Mm-hmm. All right. Cowboys lose 42-10 to to the San Francisco 49ers in Week 5. I said it last night, this one's a tough one to swallow. But the sun did come up this morning. 
There are still 12 games left. The season is by no means over. All you know from yesterday is that there is a lot of work to do for this team to legitimately be considered a contender. And they're going to have to win some big games before you can really <laughs> give them no. the contender title again. I, I like think it. that's where we're at right with this team. I feel like everybody else on your schedule is just getting stronger, too. It looks yeah. like it. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. if what we've seen so far, uh, this Jekyll and Hyde type team, I think about the teams they, they've beat. What have those teams done? Not a whole lot. No. Um, you look at the remaining schedule. You got to jump around, and go right back to LA next week yeah. for to play the Chargers. Um, that's a really good opponent. You got to go to Buffalo. You got to go to Miami. You got to play Philly twice. I mean, it, it doesn't look it doesn't look strong. Um, I kind of talked about it last night in my five takes article, and I think I'm probably going to talk about it Nick at night quite a bit this week. The next 14 days are going to determine a lot with mm. what happens with this team. This team doesn't have an identity right now. And if they can't find it in the next 14 days, and I don't feel like they will, um, a really, really good opponent that they're going to have to turn around and face next Monday night. Uh, it's a really good opportunity to bounce back, but it's also a really good opportunity to get stumped once again. And that's a, and then you get the bye week. And I think the bye week, oddly enough, it it comes at a good time. It actually works. It actually comes at a good time. When I before the season started, I was like, that's a Same. terrible draw on Same. a bye week. And now you're like, wow, thank goodness thank, that thing yeah. is coming. Yep. Uh, all right, let's rapid fire some questions. Go. I'm going to bunch. Out of the 45, now it's up to like 55 since the text messages keep rolling in. Do it now. Uh, a lot of them are about Dak Prescott and your confidence level in QB1. So real quickly, does your confidence level waver or has it wavered? And where does it sit going into week six? Keeping it real? Monday? Keeping it real. Yeah. My Stay with the chest. You know me. My confidence level has always been pretty much the same. And my expectation of Dak has always been pretty much the same. I think what he's doing has been his issue. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he's a pure drop-back quarterback, and I think that he gets frustrated and tries to force things outside of skills. I don't think that he sees coverages very well, mm -hmm. and I don't think that he's highly accurate when he decides to try to push the ball down the field. That's the Dak that I've been saying ever since Andy Dalton was here. It's the same It's the same now, all right? And it's unfortunate, but that's been my stance on him, that you ha he has to to have a running game. He has to have play action. Yep. That's what Dak has to have for him to be uber successful. Doesn't it, it is what it is, right? I mean, people could people are gonna shoot at me. That's fine. It is what it is. That's the type of quarterback that you have. So you have to work around his capabilities. I'll make this quick. This is what I uh texted in my group chat last night. I have to be careful here. That's probably the only thing I could say about my group <laughs> chat last night. Um, Not the group chat. <laughs> I said, I've always been a Dak guy. I've never really gave in to the hate. Tonight, I can feel my mindset starting to shift a little mm. bit. Um, and it's not to say that I'm hating Dak. Um, great dude. You know, that I think that's unnecessary. But I, I can see a lot of the points that are being made um, outside of the building and where the truth is lying within it. Um, he hasn't taken over a game so far this season. Mm. And in two games where they really needed him to, he hasn't been able to do that because we've seen what Dak looks like at his best, mm -hmm. and it's been very far from that early yeah. on this year. Yeah, I, the last time I can remember looking at it and saying, wow, Dak is next level was 2022 or no, 2021 going into the bye week prior to the calf injury against New England. For me, it was 2020 before he got hurt. Yeah, before, before the, the injury. That was his best. See, and that's kind of. I'm, I've always been a Dak defender too, and we've—I mean—we've always kept it real on this show, and we always do. And I mean, there's a lot of times where I do defend Dak, and I will continue to defend Dak to a certain extent. But whenever you have games like this, and whenever you have the sample size that you do here in 2023, where it—it it looks—I hate to even say this because I don't even know if this is true. 
But just from the outside looking in, it looks like he is a completely different cerebral quarterback. His confidence level is almost nothing right now. And whether that's the change in system, whether that's the way that the game plan now now structures around him, because, I mean, like Isaiah said, you have to structure around Dak. He is your franchise quarterback. You have made that decision. Whether the, the scheme is, has changed something in that confidence level, it doesn't look like the Dak that you saw in 2020 before the injury or 2021 before the calf injury or even at times last year whenever he could take over a game and, and throw the ball down the field. I haven't seen that number four this year. I haven't seen that from Dak Prescott in 2023. I doesn't mean we can't. doesn't yeah. mean that that can't happen and that he can't do that because we've seen it before. But there's got to be some sort of change and some sort of flip, switch that needs to be flipped in order to get there. And it's going to have to happen quickly because if not, you're going to be exposed just like you were last night on Sunday Night Football. I, I wish uh, he he's he's consistent from what I've seen on film. He's gonna just like every other quarterback in this league. You're gonna have your good days. You're gonna have your bad days. Right? Last night was a terrible night for Dak, mm-hmm. but it was a terrible night in the sense of what he has struggled with in terms of his decision making. He went right back to it. Amplified. Yeah, he went <laughs> right back to it. Right. Um, everybody was all hype about the interception ratio and all that stuff coming to the game, and I was like, that's the system. Yep. Like that's that's just the system. Like you literally pick a side, you pick the right side, you're not gonna throw picks. Last night, he ignored that. He ignored that and, and you saw what you ran into last year. And last year, I don't know how many times we broke it down on film. A lot. You didn't he just wasn't seeing coverages. Mm. And last night, coverages, there's certain routes that are just eliminated by the pre snap read. Press man, dang, can't run that. That sucks. Two Dang, can't throw it into that. That sucks. Let me go over here now. He ignored that. He said, nah, screw that. I'm throwing it anyway. Pick. Throw it down the field. I don't care if there's, there's, a, there's a safety back there with nobody on him. Pick. Decision making. Gets him in trouble. Yeah. It's funny that you say it feels almost different cerebrally for him. Ooh, I almost couldn't say that word. I'm surprised I could. <laughs> Got through it. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I thought about that last week, actually, during the Patriots game, because uh, he had, he was hesitating a lot early on. It was, like, it was it was like yep. this, but like it, it didn't end up being negative in that game, obviously. But something's in his head. I I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and theorize what it is, because that's a whole other man with exactly. a whole other head. Exactly. We're not yeah. in his head. I'm not. But it's uh, something's going on there. Yeah, because it feels different than what we've seen. Yeah, even last year it feels different from because last year at least he was confident in throwing the picks. <laughs> maybe maybe the <laughs> the storylines got to him. Maybe yeah. that's what it was, uh, and it's it's unfortunate because I, I do believe Dak can get there, but we just he's got a long way to go, just yeah. like anybody else in this offense. Because it's like we started, said at the beginning of the show, it's not all on four. Nope. It is not all on four, and if you're nope. putting it all on four, you're not watching nope. the entire game Absolutely. with an open mind. Nope. There's a lot to fix here, both sides of the football. I said it last night. I mean, there have been times whenever this team's been outcoached in specific areas, and I, I felt like Arizona, they were outcoached in specific areas. I thought across the board in this matchup, they were Agreed. they were completely outcoached by Kyle Shanahan's staff, both offensively, defensively, special teams. Mm-hmm. San Francisco was a better team. They were Holistically, a more elite team yeah. as a across whole. The There's a long way to go for the Cowboys to be considered elite, to be considered contenders. We could be here for another 45 minutes yeah. and break this thing we down. We could be here for two hours, I feel like. Hey, yeah. But you know what? Let's, let's, the positive, okay? The positive is last night was a measuring stick game. It was. It's early in your season. Mm-hmm. You know where you stand. 
you're not hoping, you're not wishing, you're not thinking, you're not assuming. You know exactly where you are as a team and as an organization right now. Make the, make the changes that are necessary to put yourself in position at the end of the year. Yeah, much better being week five than week 15. Absolutely. No doubt. That's the positive. And, I mean, there were a lot of injuries last night, too. So we got to – yeah, no, I got those for you. <laughs> uh, the, we got a lot to, to talk about later in the week as well. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to take your calls tomorrow. Hit more of these text messages. I, I apologize for not being able to get to everyone. We appreciate and you guys, I though. Hit, I think we, we hit really 60. Do. We, re- we really do appreciate you guys being locked in and, yeah. and communicating and – engaging we're with you in this one cowboys nation we really are talking cowboys nation we're uh we're here with you 9 a.m win or lose is what we do win or lose keep it real it monday we kept it real yep all right well uh tomorrow morning 9 a.m john machota will rejoin the show we'll talk about that a little bit more as well and then we'll turn the page on wednesday and look ahead to this monday night football matchup and a chance to rebound going in family reunion huh yeah, a little bit of a reunion. Mm. A little bit of a reunion. Yeah, just just to see another Bosa. <laughs> yeah, that's the family reunion. Like, hey, bro, let me tell you about this. <laughs> oh, man. All, All right. right. <laughs> that's That does it for us here on a Keep It Real Monday Y'all for Talking Cowboys. Yeah, we got we to gotta get out of here. <laughs> Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!